You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Hello and welcome to Creatives Making Money. Today, you've just got me today, just you and me together having a conversation about brand identity and identity in general because what's more fun than that? <laughs> Let's talk about identity. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Okay, so I'm not salt and pepper, and I definitely don't have a good singing voice. So first, I just want to thank you for sitting through that and allowing me to be ridiculous <laughs> with you on this podcast. Um, clearly, I'm not salt and pepper. I'm not very good at singing or rapping, but the fun fact is I actually have co-written and recorded a rap song before. Um, to hear it, you've actually got to go watch my indie romantic comedy, Hannah Has a Ho Phase, which is also available on iTunes, and I will pop the link in the show notes so that it's easy for you to go check that out, watch the movie. At some point in the movie, you'll hear the rap song, but this is a total tangent and has nothing to do Nothing to do with the topic of this episode. This episode is not about you listening to me rap incredibly raunchy lyrics like, who do I think I am? This episode, like I said, is about brand identity. So I really wanted to do an episode about this because many people that I work with, many of my clients and students um, who work with me specifically to get zeroed in on their messaging and story as a brand or to increase their ability to create balance and truly thrive as a creative making money, struggle with this. They struggle with understanding what about themselves is interesting and valuable and unique enough to become a brand that garners the success that they are after. So maybe your work speaks for itself and that's fantastic. Um, you still want to have at the very least clarity of brand story to share with people when they ask about the story of your brand and business. Now, this is also something that you're going to want to incorporate into your about page. If you decide to do um, additional seminars or talks or write a book, things like that in the future of having a brand and moving your business forward, it's going to become more and more important that you hone in on the story that you are telling. Now, I myself am a professional storyteller. I know lots of people are storytellers. 
I actually go, I actually, we're all storytellers. That's the truth. Storytelling is a human thing. So we're all storytellers. However, figuring out how to go through every single piece of your identity, every single thing that's ever happened to you, every every single thing that you know or that is relevant to your expertise that might be something you bring to your clients and weaving it into one story that is the one that tells the most about your brand and how you serve your clients can be challenging because what do you leave out and what do you put in and how do you communicate it and in what order do you tell things and what details matter and what details don't. Um, You know, I see a lot of people sharing too much and giving it all away. And that's that's not necessarily the best thing to create an entertaining story for your audience. So I wanted to talk today specifically about brand identity and how the identity of your brand impacts the brand story that you tell. So I have some tips and some things to think about that'll just get your mind open and really start start brainstorming different possibilities for stories that you can tell with your brand, whether that's your core brand story or whether that's additional marketing content that you wanna put out into the universe. Now, keep in mind that brand storytelling, brand identity, this is also about how you show up in person. So if you are going to a networking event or if you are having a live show of any kind, and you're gonna be meeting people. And these are people who could become customers or clients or people you collaborate with or potential partnerships and you're introducing yourself for the first time. People often wanna know your story. So how do you decide to share it? You know, not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be like in a book or from the stage, but just having clarity on how do you share yourself person to person um, in an event or in any situation like that. So a lot of what we're covering today is going to help with all of those things. Now, it's easy to look at brands that really nail it, like Apple or Nike, these like big corporate brands, and think that you have to be like them. And that when you think about your brand identity, it has to be, it has to be so perfect and so clean and so distinct and so zeroed in. Um, But that's not always the whole truth. When you're a small business, online or off, what's important is that your brand has two components. Okay, and by the way, Apple and Nike also have these components, but you don't have to dial everything in and and keep it the same all the time. You can allow it to evolve. These are the two things that are the most important that you keep in mind. The story that you tell around your brand identity, it needs to be personal. So when I say personal, what I mean is personal to you, but also personal to your customer and client base in terms of like, Why does any human being care about this? Why should someone care? What's important about it? And we can talk more um, about what makes a human being care. Like what are the things that a human being even cares about, right? This is something that I teach a lot. I talk about they care about themselves first and foremost, their own survival. They care about their loved ones, their well-being. They care about um, things that that impact their uh, well-being, things they desire, um, convenience. These are the things that people care about. What's going to save them time, make them money, help them be a better person for the people in their life, help them improve themselves. And there's a few other things, but those are the core ones. Everyone needs love and belonging. Everyone needs safety and security. Everyone needs freedom and adventure. And how do, how do those, how do those things express themselves? I'm tongue tied here. 
So getting clear on what makes it personal to you, but also what makes it personal to someone who's listening where they can immediately click in and say, I felt that before, I understand that desire, I know that feeling, I know what's like what it's like to want that, that's what I mean when I say personal. The second thing that it needs to be is universal. So it needs to be far reaching, it needs to be something that anyone, anywhere, across cultures, across the world, across the globe can relate to. So it needs to be narrow AF, and it also needs to be far-reaching in how you approach it. So how does one do that? All right, I'm gonna start with the personal, and I'm gonna use a personal example. So personal comes down to a few things. It's what makes your brand different, special, unique. So for a personal brand, what's your cultural background? What makes you, you? Why do you in particular care, right? What is it about your your business that you care about that motivated you to create the business in the first place? And how is that personal to you? That's personal. So what about that that's important to you is also personal to your customers that they can relate to and or see as unique and different about your approach? I often point to a really cool origin story for this, and often the origin story becomes the basis for the brand's why. So the why is what makes it personal. The why adds emotionality to the experience. The why shares more deeply about the human element on a really intimate level. So knowing why you even care about your brand and about what you're, the work you're doing in the world and why it's important to you is, is deeply related to why it's going to be important to the other person, to the person on the other end, who's purchasing, who's buying, who's saying yes, not just to the problem you solve and not just to the solution that you offer, whether that's beautifying their home by making it more organized or providing artwork for them that they wouldn't otherwise have, or whether that's simply making their life like simpler and easier by helping them strategize something that they're doing in their business or in their career so that they have clear direction. All of those things are great solutions, but why do they matter? So asking yourself why you care on a deeply human level and why they care, and are those two things related or are they different? Are they the same or are they different? So identifying that for yourself is important. And just to, you know, cause I like to tell personal stories on this podcast and share as much of myself as I can with you in the hopes that it will create inspiration and clarity on ways that you can develop your own brand stories and share more of yourself. Um, I'm going to share that lately. I have been thinking a lot about the parts of myself that I choose to share and not share. Now, the word that I chose for this year for 2019 is brave, and I'm committed to walking my talk. I mean, after all, Let's be real. So much of what I teach is telling writers to walk to walk right into the fire of their soul, <laughs> to write the thing that they're most afraid to write, to share the story that they're most afraid to share, because I believe that that is transformative to you, to your audience, and also it's a splashier for your brand to just say the thing 
that everyone else is afraid to say, to take a stand for something, right? And most often, the story that you're most afraid to share is the story that exemplifies you taking a stand for what you most care about and what your message is really about. Why do you do what you do? So for me, that story is actually about my name. It is about brand identity. When people meet me, by the way, Jamie Jensen is my name. For those of you who don't know, Jamie Jensen. When people meet me, they often remark on how my name so easily rolls off the tongue. It's so rhythmic, like a poem. And depending on the crowd I'm with and their sense of humor and tolerance and all of that stuff, I usually hear that my name sounds either like a porn star, a la Jenna Jameson, or a weather girl, a la I don't know who, but just picture it, okay? Reporting to you live from Hurricane Camilla, this is Jamie Johnson, your local KBAC weather anchorwoman. And I always say, <laughs> I always say that my dad knew what he was doing. See, my father's last name was Josevic, which means son of Joseph. My mother's last name was Landau when they met. So how did I end up with the name Jensen? How did that even happen? Well, true story, my parents met on an airplane. This is true. What I'm told is that they hit it off over a Cosmo quiz, circa like 1975-ish, and went on a date that night. They just hit it off on the airplane, they went out that night, My mother was going to visit her father in Florida. Um, She lived in New York City. She was going from New York to Florida to visit her dad, who I believe was sick or something along those lines. So she went, and as did her sister and brother, from New York to Florida. My father, on the other hand, had spontaneously decided to hop a plane to Florida just because he was impulsive like that. And I think he decided that morning, like, I'm just going to go to Florida today. So he packed a bag. I think we still have the bag he packed, by the way. Somewhere in my mother's basement, this bag still exists. And for those of you who are avid listeners of this podcast, you know that my father passed away when I was 20. So if you're just starting to listen now and you're like, who is this weird girl telling me all these personal stories? Um, My father passed away when I was 20. And I share more about my relationship with my father and how that impacted my relationship with money and my money story in episode one of this podcast. So feel free at some point in the future, if you're interested in learning more about the details, the intimate details of my life, you can go back to episode one and learn more about my money story. But back to the main story here. So during their relatively quick getting to know each other period, my parents discovered a few key things about each other. One, that they were both Jewish. Two, that they were both very reform Jewish and not religious at all. And three, that they were both children of Holocaust survivors. See, both of their parents had families that perished in concentration camps. My father's mother met his father in Israel after the war. So his parents met in Israel. Even though they were actually from the same town in Czechoslovakia, they ended up meeting in Israel. My mother's father lost his wife and children in the war. And basically, he was starting like a whole new family when he met my mom's mom. So the history of loss and trauma in my family runs pretty deep, but there's a point to this. Around the time that my sister was born, and she's seven years older than me, my father made a decision that they would change their name to be less obviously Jewish. Now, a lot of people did this. It accomplished a few things. Like there are plenty of people who had very ethnic last names, whether they were Jewish or something else, who shortened them or changed them or just decided to make them something else. 
but for you know so it accomplishes a few things right and i believe for my father it it accomplished this as well it creates a sense of safety and privacy around your ethnicity and your religious and cultural background um i know for specifically for a jewish person when your lineage is basically just a long unending tale of people trying to murder you for being born jewish you do what you need to do in order to feel safe in the world so this is not a completely uncommon thing But I also happen to know that this decision was more than that. This decision was also about my father deciding what would help him succeed in business in America. See, he was born in Israel and his family moved him here when he moved him to the U.S., to New York, to the Bronx, when I believe he was around six or seven years old. So he wasn't born here and... I think he wanted to acclimate, you know, as best he could. And his intention was to succeed in business as best he could. Um, This is the American dream, right? You come, you start, you know, you start your business or you get the job or you, you know, whatever that dream looks like. The American dream is you carve your own path, you make your own way, yay capitalism, yay success. So this was about my father deciding what would help him succeed in business in America. What would make him and his family look most like the all-American dream family? And most importantly, what name would feel the most non-aggressive and appealing to all people and all cultures, no matter their, their prejudices? So he chose Sweden, I mean, obviously. I still make jokes about this because I think he went to Ikea and chose our last name from their advertisements. Um, I'm pretty sure that if you go there and you look for their credit card advertisement on their wall, Mark Jensen is still the name that you'll see. And I'll never forget it because I was that's what I made up. That's the story that I made up. I don't know if it's true, but it's hilarious. So we're going to stick with it. But the point is that this decision was a statement in personal branding. It was him deciding what his brand identity would be as a businessman in the United States. But it was also a statement in recreating your own identity as a person. So this is an identity that I took on that has nothing to do with my cultural history, has nothing to do with religious tradition, has nothing to do with, you know, the truth of ancestry or whatever. Um, It was just a decision made. And it begs a lot of interesting questions, particularly around those of us who want to become the best personal brands we can be. Um, You know, there, and by the way, there are also women in business who decide to take on their husband's last names and then get divorced and then don't know if they want to keep that name or lose that name. Um, There are women who start in business and then get married and decide if they want to keep or lose their name. And there are men who don't ever have to think about that in terms of marriage necessarily. But the question that this begs, and this is a question you have to ask yourself as you are putting yourself out there as a brand, do we get to reject parts of ourselves and be whoever we want to be? Do we get to decide who we are? I mean, these are questions that I personally continue to ask myself on on my personal development journey because, and I say this about writing too, like there's the writer you want to be and there's the writer you are. There's the entrepreneur you want to be and there's the entrepreneur you are. There's the artist you want to be and then there's the artist you are. You know, they're the people that you idolize and your heroes, um, masters of their craft. And then there's you. 
being your best you, doing the best you can with what you have. So at times I think, yes, we can be whoever we want to be. And other times I realize, no, it's all about being who you are and simply accepting who you are and presenting that in an honest way that highlights your value as you are creating your brand identity as a personal brand, whether you're an artist, whether you're a solopreneur, whatever that means for you. But the point of the story is this, I'm Jamie Jensen because my father decided I was, and it's stuck, and it's me. And I'll never be Jamie Josevic or Jamie Landau or another version of myself that could have been more ethnically transparent. But sometimes I wonder how that impacts my identity, not just as a human, but as a brand. I mean, really, is it any surprise that I've personally dedicated my life to helping others authentically express themselves and be 100% true to who they are? We think that branding is about hiding the ugly or unattractive parts of ourselves, but we forget that as brands, as entrepreneurs, as public figures, and as artists, those are the parts that actually make us interesting and unique. We think that by becoming shiny or polished or having a gorgeous photo shoot or perfect website that suddenly everything is going to change and you're suddenly going to make all the money that you wanted to make and everything's going to be perfect and that one perfect tagline is going to make or break your business. Like, well, if I just have the perfect tagline or the perfect website or the perfect, you know, it's going to make or break the business. But guess what? You're not fucking Nike and you don't have to be. The truth is that overcoming the shame of what you really don't want to put out there has nothing to do with whether or not you have perfect brand photography or a shiny perfect website or the exact right tagline. Your job is putting yourself out there. That's it, authentically and connecting authentically, right? And so if you, if you are pursuing the path of a creative making money, it is your job to put yourself out there online and show up authentically and connect authentically. And that means getting personal and as personal as can be, warts and all. This is something that I talk about in story school constantly. No one likes a perfect character. We like a real character because real is something that we can relate to. And on the subject of real, a couple of weeks ago, we released an episode that had terrible editing mistakes. P.S. Just FYSL. Um, we had a communication breakdown on my team over the holidays. And so if you heard that glitch and if you heard me saying things that were supposed to be edited out, it wasn't anything bad. It was just like clearly not supposed to be in the episode. If you heard that, I apologize. And also like we're just real people back here on Team Jensen doing our best. The point of this long ass story is this. Ask yourself what's missing from your brand that would be more personal to you, and especially to your market. You might be hiding some of the best parts of yourself or your story because you're afraid that they make you weird or unrelatable or unlikable. But guess what? Chances are they're actually the best part of your story. Now let's talk about the second part of this, which is making it universal. Did you notice how I wrapped up with You might be hiding some of the best parts of yourself or story because you're afraid they make you weird or unrelatable or unlikable. Well, guess what? Chances are they're actually the best part of your story. See, messaging isn't just about tying something up in a neat little bow or having something perfect to say. It's about leaving your audience with something that helps them relate and connect and have value. It is about adding value to the collective. That is what universal means. 
So in my story, I shared that I learned it wasn't safe to be and show all parts of myself. For me, that came through learning that my name was a break in my cultural lineage. It was chosen, not given. It was created, not earned. When we talk about visibility as a creative or entrepreneur, part of the gig is deciding what you want to share versus not share. What is of value to share becomes the question. And you get to decide that. And how you decide exactly what that is, is by asking the question, what will be of value to your audience because they can connect with it? Brand identity decisions are made in the same way. It comes down to the values that you stand for, that your customers share with you, and what story or stories best exemplify those values. It sounds really simple because at its best, it is so simple, but it can be really hard to identify sometimes. Storytelling at its best always comes back to the universal issues of the human condition, even though they're told through a personal lens. And the same is true in brand identity and brand storytelling. What makes a brand both distinct and relatable? What makes a brand both weird and attractive? What makes a brand both different and desirable? Your focus when you are working on creating universality, right? Personal, universal. Your focus should always come back to asking what will help you best relate to your market? So the reason that they will choose you over every other option in the marketplace will be because you either provide the best value, the best service, or the best story. And in an ideal world, it's all three. So the best framework that I can give you to help you determine whether or not you're hitting the mark with Universal is this. Is what you're sharing aligned with your brand values and ideally your customers' values. So to use mine as an example, right? Authenticity, self-expression, authentic self-expression. Those are the values. That's what I'm talking about. That's what the story tells and that's the message. So it is, for me, it's aligned with my brand values. Is it aligned with my customers' values? Yes. Every customer I work with, 100% values authenticity and self-expression and is working on improving their authentic self-expression and that is why we work together and also to increase their sales two is it a message that can create culture by having a group of people rally around it so is it enough that it would create a tribe question three is it something that anyone can easily understand even a five-year-old so can a five-year-old understand being yourself, being honest, and speaking speaking up? Yeah, they can. What is it that you want to bring to the world that is so clearly easy to understand that even a five-year-old would get it? So these are just some of the questions I want you to be asking yourself as you are honing in on your brand identity, whether it's for your website, for how you present yourself in networking events, or for other future content and big dreams that you have, whether it's books, stages, all that good stuff. I truly, truly hope that this was a helpful and thought-provoking discussion on brand identity for you and, of course, how to tell a brand story that truly leaves an impact. But most of all, I really hope that this episode inspired you to continue to share more of you instead of less because those dark pockets of your soul and of yourself are often the most powerful parts to shine a light on. 
If you want to explore any of this more deeply, by the way, do not hesitate to shoot me an email or message me on Facebook or Instagram. My program Story School is opening its doors for enrollment again later this year, and I'd be thrilled to help walk you through this process and craft an authentic brand story that truly resonates and creates the impact and income you most deeply want to make. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creatives Making Money, but don't go anywhere without subscribing. Also, I just wanted to mention that ratings and reviews are really a huge help. So if you've connected with this episode or a previous episode, or if something you heard here just resonated with you really deeply or gave you the feels or a huge aha, letting me know with a rating and review really, really makes my day. So I'd so appreciate it and you. Remember, if you're just getting started making money with your creative talents and you're just figuring it out, you're likely going to need a website that helps you sell your products and services. So to learn more about my approach to writing that sells, you can visit thejamiejensen.com slash free training. On this training, I'll walk you through each page of your website and explain what must be there in order to pre-sell clients and customers. This makes it way easier for you to make money. You'll also learn about my signature course, copy that, but of course there's no pressure. All sales of that course help cover the cost of this podcast, but the training is available to you whether you decide to purchase the course or not. If you're looking to connect with more listeners and like-minded creatives who, who check out this podcast, you also can do that. We continue the conversation from these episodes in our private online Facebook lounge. You can head to creativesmakingmoney.com group to join the free group. And as always, you can find all important links and details in this episode's show notes, always available at creativesmakingmoney.com. Don't hesitate to head over there now. And as always, create like you mean it. <laughs>